Welcome back, and thank you for joining us on Two Middle-Aged Men in Their Top Ten. This episode will be discussing our part two of our all-time favorite movies, part two, and we'll be going over our five through one picks. So thank you for coming back, and let us know what you think about these movies and which movies you would add. My number five is Raiders of the Lost Ark and 8.4 on IMDb came out in 1981 a tomato meter of 95% with an audience score of 96% directed by Steven Spielberg screenplay by Lawrence Kasdan with story by George Lucas and Philip Kaufman Film stars Harrison Ford, Karen Allen, Paul Freeman, Ronald Lacey, jo- uh, John Reese Davies, Denholm Elliott, and Alfred Molina in his first theatrical appearance. Uh, this film won five Academy Awards uh, for Best Visual Effects, Best Film Editing, uh, Best Art Direction, Best Sound, and... Uh, sound effects editing which is an award they gave them for sound effects editing that wasn't a category which that happens a couple times on my list this is the first time um after the second movie came out this has gone on to be known as indiana jones and the raiders of the lost ark Uh, The year is 1936, an archaeology professor named Indiana Jones is venturing in the jungles of South America searching for a golden statue. Unfortunately, he sets off a deadly trap but miraculously escapes. Then, Jones hears from a museum curator named Marcus Brody about a biblical artifact called the Ark of the Covenant which can hold the key to the human existence. Jones has to venture to vast places such as Nepal and Egypt to find this artifact. However, he will fight, he will have to fight his enemy, Rene Belloc, and a band of Nazis in order to reach it. Yeah, so this film... Uh, was thought up while Lucas and Spielberg were in, I believe they're on vacation in Hawaii. And Lucas was like, well, Star Wars is probably going to be a dud. So what else can we do? And then now we have these two massive franchises with Harrison Ford as maybe the greatest actor of all time just because he's in these and others yeah. <laughs> playing the same guy in all of them but <laughs> basically but um yeah uh i don't know what else to say um As as usual, 
Temple of Doom. It I, it was a, a a normal thing to go darker in the second movie at in that point in time. Yeah. Well, and that was one of George Lucas's specifics too. Like he wanted um, to make it darker, um, like you know, Empire Strikes Back um, was with with Star Wars. So, yeah, I, I talked about this. This was on. This was my number two on my top ten '80s action um, movies, which is the only reason it wasn't on my original. Um, because we did those lists simultaneously, and actually, like both Die Hard and and Raiders of the Lost Ark would have made my all time list if they weren't on that already on that. <laughs> my number one and two on the eighties action, but but yeah, this is another one of those movies I watched ad nauseum when I was a kid. I mean, and I stand, but I never get this is one of those you know, I never get tired of though. I've seen it. I've probably seen this movie more than any other movie. In fact, I know I have, um, and it's it's never gotten old i mean it's still i mean it's just every bit of it is you know there's just action scene after action scene just you know um you know classic you know classic stuff uh just so many you know there's so many memorable classic scenes in this movie like almost every bit of it is quotable or you know referenced or you know um and you know in pop culture ever since <clears throat> There, oh my goodness. There are set videos or set photos from Indiana Jones 5 right now with Harrison Ford in costume. Yeah, I saw that. I don't know if you said, okay. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it is currently filming as we speak. Well, maybe not as we speak. They might be sleeping, but... Antonio Banderas. Hmm. Yeah, it. I have sometimes I have problems remembering uh, what little things come from which movie. Like, I know there's a there's a shot where like it's edited in a way to go from you know he removes his hat and it zooms in on the hat and it zooms out and it's a different hat and he's on a boat and there's a storm yeah and i don't know if it's the first one or the second one but i think that's the second one actually but but that that kind of stuff that that little stuff is really cool yeah and yeah. um also on this one, this is the one where the guy, you know, Harrison Ford was sick with the flu on a day of shooting. The guy jumps out with the sword and does all these fancy does all the moves and he pulls his gun out and shoots him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which turned out to be the most the funniest one of the funniest scenes of all time. <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's uh, it doesn't get better than that. I mean, that's yeah, that's it's a great movie. 
especially for our generation but it's also one of those movies that's timeless and that you know it's another one of those like wizard of oz or goonies or whatever that's just you know gets you know revisited and probably always will That's all. I, that's all I have. I. <laughs> there's a a fan movie here called Indiana Jones and the Sanctuary of the Black Order. Right. <laughs> speaking of which, there's actually speaking of fan film. Um, there's I guess there was some kids that re that filmed like reenactment of Raiders of the Lost Ark, and there's actually a documentary about it. Um, I haven't seen it. Um, I, I kind of forgot about it until I just it just came up in my head. But yeah, it's like these kids like made a home movie where they basically where they reenacted it and remade the whole movie or pretty close to it. Um, hmm. So yeah, I have to check that out. Um, but yeah, because I forgot all about that. But that I, that'd be kind of interesting to watch and see. <clears throat> Um, so, all right, well, it's, it's impossible to top that one. So I'm just going <laughs> to just move right along here. Uh, but my number five is the negotiator, uh, which came out in 1998 with an IMDB rating of 7.3, uh, 74% tomato meter, uh, 79% audience score, uh, it was directed by F Gary Gray. Uh, screenplay by James DeMonico and Kevin Fox uh, stars Samuel L. Jackson, Kevin Spacey, David Morse, Ron Rifkin, John Spencer, J.T. Walsh, Paul Giamatti, Simon Fallon Hogan, Regina Taylor, and Dean Norris. Uh, in the midst of an elaborate conspiracy, an expert negotiator is driven to the edge when he's framed for the murder of his partner, as well as embezzling money from his department's pension fund. His only chance to prove his innocence is to take hostages himself, acquire the services of another expert negotiator, and find out who's running the conspiracy before it's too late. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know much else to say. This is one of those movies that um, I, I loved in instantly from when I first saw it. Uh, and, uh, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Samuel Jackson and Kevin Spacey, and they're they're basically, you know, the main star. You know, they're they're in almost every scene, one or the other. I mean, although Kevin Spacey doesn't really show up until about a third way through the movie, but, um, but yeah, it's just it's just a great thriller, um, and uh, it's uh, it's not one of those that like pulls the rug out from under you or whatever. It 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 follows a very um, Oh, what's the word for like, like realistic or uh, like path? Um, so everything that happens makes sense. Um, it you know, and so it, it follows this, this you know very realistic line uh, all the way through to the end, um, yeah, which I especially like. Like it, in, and it even it, like specifically all the way to the end because a lot of movies like this will end with just a big action scene or a chase scene or whatever 
and um, it's none of that. Like it, it ends with, you know, uh, intelligence and dialogue and, and you know, thoughtfulness, um, you know, all the way to the very end uh, when you finally, you know, get all the answers and everything gets pieced together. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there is, you know, there is plenty of action and even though it really just kind of takes place all in this building, um, there are some action scenes as the you know police are trying to take him down and um, uh, but the, but the best stuff is 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 just the dialogue uh, both between Kevin Spacey and um, Samuel Jackson because um, you know Kevin Spacey they're not friends or anything um, and so Kevin Spacey's only interested in, in saving the hostages he's you know he's not interested in clearing Samuel Jackson's name um, but there does build some sort of camaraderie between them. Um, but again, it's not forced. You, you know, it, it happens gradually and you, you know, you, you understand it. Um, and then also I really enjoyed the, uh, I mentioned, you know, Paul Giamatti before uh, this. Um, <clears throat> this is another, this is one of his earlier roles. Um, when I, you know, didn't really know who he was yet. I mean, I recognized him, but uh, but yeah, he's, he's funny here as one of the hostages and, um, shadow band Fallon Hogan is also, um, she's, she's the one that she plays the, um, she played the wife of Edgar in, uh, men in black. Um, that's the role I always think of her. She's been in several other things, but th these two are the two that I always think of her from, um, specifically men in black. Cause it was such a memorable, um, <laughs> performance, but, uh, but yeah, she's good here with that same dry, just kind of, uh, delivery, um, and so, you know, so the movie's not all serious. Uh, it does have some, you know, little bits of humor to kind of you know, ease the tension a little bit. Um, but, uh, yeah. Have, have you seen this? Yeah. It's, I don't think I've seen it since this came out. I, I remember enjoying it though. Yeah. I actually rewatched this, which I've seen it probably seven or eight times. It, it you know, whatever. Um, since it came out and every time I get just as engrossed, even though I, I know, I kind of know how I, you know, there, there's so many intricate little moments that I kind of sometimes forget the little details. Cause you know, I, it, I usually watch it every few years. So, um, and yeah, so, but it's still like, it's still just as engrossing, even if I know mostly what's happening just because of the way the movie unfolds so naturally that, that I still get a kick out of it. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just, <clears throat> forgot to mention that but i don't have anything to say <laughs> okay <I don't. laughs> fair enough i did notice that james uh the monaco he also wrote the remake of assault on precinct 13 yeah yeah and i think he directed it too maybe no no i don't know either way yeah which that was that was a good movie too I would, mm -hmm. it's a similar Ethan uh, Hawk, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lawrence Fishburne, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of a similar uh, themed movie too. And yeah, that one's really good. So yeah, that's that's all I got as well. So cool. I'll have to watch it again. It's on Netflix. So yeah. Yeah, I have a similar theme. Well, most of mine are either fantasy or like gritty crime thriller type <laughs> movies. Those are the two movies that I, I tend to gravitate towards. So that's definitely one of the best of its kind, in my opinion. So, 
And it was directed by the guy. Sorry, I guess I did have a couple more things to say. Uh, the guy who directed it, um, he's actually the same guy who directed Friday. Um, and then with Ice Cube. And then uh, before this, he did Set It Off, which is another good, um, you know, genre picture, um, heist type movie or whatever. Um, but yeah, he did. I mean, you wouldn't think like the same guy that made Friday would go on to make you know because he also went on to do like the italian job and i think he did i think he did one of the more recent fast and furious movies and um whatever so but yeah he's gone on to make some pretty good like action thriller type movies so <clears throat> anyway okay now that that really is all i've got <laughs> My number four is um, pretty uh, I don't know how to say this it it's probably a necessary watch for people at this point in time in our country. <laughs> uh, my number four is American History X. And 8.5 on IMDb came out in 1998. Tomato meter of 83%. Audience score of 96%. Directed by Tony Kay. Screenplay written by David McKenna. The film stars Edward Norton, Edward Furlong, Beverly D'Angelo, Jennifer Lean, Ethan Supley, Faruza Balk, Elliot Gould, Stacey Keach, Every Books Brooks, and Guy Tori. Uh, the movie is loosely based on Frank. Mienk, who was a uh, white supremacist who went to jail then came out and shifted his ideology afterwards. Derek Vineyard is paroled after serving three years in prison for brutally killing two black men who tried to break into slash steal his truck. Through his brothers, uh, Danny Vineyard's narration, we learned that before going to prison, Derek was a skinhead and the leader of a violent white supremacist gang that committed acts of racial crime throughout L.A. And his actions greatly influenced Danny. Reformed and fresh out of prison, Derek severs contact with the gang and becomes determined to keep Danny from going down the same violent path as he did. Yeah, um, I know that, I'm not sure about the director, I know the screenplay writer, David McKenna, was not happy with Edward Norton, which is probably a theme for him, because he likes to rewrite and to re-edit and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 
Um, there's no telling what what the movie would have looked like if that hadn't happened, but I enjoyed the movie that came out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's also... Let's see, the... Is it the flashbacks are black and white? Yeah. And yeah. the current state is color. Yeah. But I mean, watching, I don't know, watching this when it came out was pretty jarring. And the more stuff happens now, you it's almost it should be unbelievable but it's not yeah yeah unfortunately <laughs> yeah um and the this the story of you know derek coming around it, it seems like the opposite of that is happening <laughs> more and more yeah, yeah, and We're kind fine. of yeah. in the open instead of behind the scenes. Yeah, but uh, this is—I mean, this is a great story. Yeah, and Norton got jacked for this role, which is yeah. not necessarily something he's known for. Yeah, but he's uh, yeah, he's definitely scary in some scenes, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, I, I love this. I'm kind of mad I didn't make my list. Um, yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I feel the same way. I've loved, I love this movie since I first saw it. And yeah, I had the same experience. Like it is, especially that, that from the beginning, that curb check scene um, is very jarring. Um, and then, you know, uh, you know, with that with that image of violence, and then you know, then the emotional and all the stuff that follows it just kind of builds and i like the structure of the movie how it is told in flashback and then so you know you see how you know you see him trying to reform now and then it goes back and shows you know just how bad he was and you know all that and then you can see how his brother is following in those same footsteps and you know now he's trying to you know undo that but it also shows that he's not just undoing his uh, influence. He's also his father before him. And, you know, this whole, you know, environment of, you know, racism and anger and hate um, that, you know, that he's, he's battling against, you know, and it's, it's definitely an uphill, uphill battle. Um, Yeah. it, It shows how subtle to not so subtle, injection your racism can turn into exactly uh like extreme like, full-blown yeah 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 so and yeah and of course the performances are are phenomenal uh not just edward norton but also edward furlong um who is mm-hmm. mostly known for terminator 2 or best known um for terminator 2 but he's you know 
he's really good here. Um, and of course the ending is just heartbreaking. Um, but, uh, but it does, you know, it does drive home the, you know, the, uh, the effects of, you know, of that behavior and, and, uh, you know, um, the effects that it has on other people. Cause really what happens to, to Danny, isn't Danny the Edward Furlong character? Yeah. Yeah. What happens to Danny really is, is repercussions from the Edward Norton character. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's his actions are, you know, so it's, it just shows how that, you know, can, uh, how that can turn out so yeah I, I do know that the director tony k he didn't like the movie either he didn't like the okay. the the editing or the whatever the you know and i i don't know yeah again like i don't know how the movie how he wanted it to be i don't know if it's i don't know if it was meant to be closer to the the story of the you know the guy that it's based on or if there's just who, who knows um but yeah i mean i i can't imagine changing anything i mean i love i love the movie just how it is um but again it's kind of what we talked about earlier who knows you know um how much better it might have been or you know whatever but um yeah yeah and it also it kind of like when when derek goes away the the family's not necessarily in that bad of shape right i mean they have a house yeah and you're doing okay him leaving obviously hurts but when he gets out small apartment mom is sick yeah and it kind of shows um how easy it is to just keep the status quo instead of changing because yeah. it's just easier yeah yeah no i definitely have this movie on a couple other lists um and yeah but yeah it's a it's a powerful great movie yeah it's another one of those uh, for different reasons but it's another one of those that it, it retains its power every time you watch it i mean you just <clears throat> still blown away by by the intensity of it and yeah that's yeah that's another great one all right well uh my number four is kiss kiss bang bang uh from 2005 with an imdb rating of 7.5 uh 86 tomato meter 87 audience score uh, i was directed by shane black uh, with a screenplay and screen story by shane black based in part on the novel bodies are where you find them by brett halliday uh, stars robert downey jr val kilmer michelle monaghan corbin Burnson, larry miller and Shannon Sossamon. Um, after being mistaken for an actor, a New York thief is sent to Hollywood to train under a private eye for a potential movie role, but the duo are thrown together with a struggling actress into a real life murder mystery. Uh, <clears throat> so, um, I don't know where to start here because- I'm gonna, the, I'm gonna disappoint you right now. You've never this seen is, this is on my watch list and has been on for a while. I haven't seen it. Okay. Fair enough. It's yeah, on there for like Val Kilmer and Robert Downey Jr. reasons. 
Yeah. Well, I, th- I think I mentioned it to you also because like uh, you'd you'd watch the nice guys recently, and this was another Shane Black yeah. one that's similar. Um, so, um, but yeah, either way, yeah, I, um, I know this is yeah, this is a little obscure um, ish. This came out. This was basically Robert Downey Jr.'s comeback movie. This movie actually got him the role of Iron Man um, a few years later. But um, but yeah, this movie, um, the plot is pretty it's pretty thin um as far as like you know the movie it's one of those kind of in movies where it's kind of meta and uh, shane black's known for that a little bit on kind of taking a a subject and then kind of turning it on its head he did that with like last boy scout and stuff where it's um little last boy scout was a little more straightforward but it was you know it kind of skewed and 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 it's subject a little bit but anyways um uh because it's hard to explain but the movies because the movie is told it's narrated by robert downey jr and there's scenes where he'll be telling the story and then he'll uh, be like oh wait no we need to go back and then the movie itself will you know either rewind or or skip back to it or, or, or pause what's on the screen and he'll be talking and stuff so there's you know there's some of that and um um but at the same time it you know it, it there is a there is a through story there is a real mystery that you you know get involved in and get caught up in um but the reason i love the movie is for that kind of self-knowing stuff and also the performances i, I again i love uh robert downey jr um he's somebody that i liked when i was younger and val kilmer um is, is one of those actors that i also kind of grew up you know with his career and and really loved and then them together is just great like they're so great together um because they're both they're both good at um that uh slick uh playing those like slick kind of characters um and so but also with some wry humor and so like them together they're both kind of riff off each other and um make fun of each other and dig at each other and um yeah i just i love everything about this movie it's just a joy to watch uh it's another one of those like uh like midnight run where i just i didn't want it to end both because of the characters and the actors i just wanted to keep watching these characters just continue to talk to each other and continue to interact regardless of whatever story was going on um but yeah apparently this is robert downey jr's favorite movie um that he's done um and um yeah and this was actually shane black's directorial debut debut um like i said because he, he had written like i said last boy scout and long kiss goodnight and lethal weapon and last uh, action hero the monster squad on the monster squad yes yes wolfman's got <laughs> nards yeah that's yeah i I do love that. I always I forget that movie for some reason, and I I do love that movie as well. Um, but this is another one of those, probably because it doesn't. It's not set at Christmas time, I don't think. So, um, a lot of Shane Black. It does seem to hit Netflix every October. Does it? Or at least it has. I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, I've I've watched it four or five times in the last ten years. Nice. Yeah, I, I keep meaning to return to it and just. For, for one reason or another have it yet um so i need to try to make it a point too but uh but yeah so this this film is was set at christmas um but uh 
Yeah, it's definitely got the, it's definitely got that feel of like the old fashioned um, detective movies of like the forties, like the old you know um, Raymond Chandler and you know like the Maltese Falcon and, and stuff like that. Uh, that you know the old school film noir type stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's smart and funny. Uh, you know the dialogue is super clever, and um, <clears throat> Yeah, it's almost like part parody, part homage um, to the, you know, to those old film noir, which again, it, you know, I'm a huge fan of. Um, so, and it's cool because the movie stars Batman and Iron Man. So, you know, you got that. If you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you just happen to be, you know. <clears throat> Well, and it's so, I mean, I had, it's, it's weird to talk about now, but we, uh, my ex-wife and I had a, our anniversary, I don't know, three or four years ago, and I planned a weekend, like an extended weekend in Branson, and it was when Val Kilmer had his uh, Mark Twain show mm, like yeah. going across the country and on Groupon I got tickets for that and then he had the he canceled or something happened so I got refunded but I I was this close to yeah. seeing Val Kilmer live do his Mark Twain thing which I think it was like a watching the movie and then him doing question and answers afterwards yeah yeah but, then, which, but that still would have been awesome yeah yeah i know they they because they, they hear that that was at the galois um at one point too and i was gonna go um but either either i couldn't afford tickets at the time or uh something else was going on at the time but for whatever reason yeah i wasn't able to make it either and i can now i'm really disappointed because shortly after that he got you know the throat cancer and no you know it was no longer able to perform like that but um i think i think this might have been his last uh one of his last bigger big roles like this i think shortly after this he might have made a few other straight to dvds but i think this is one of his last um major hollywood movies before um going to do that uh that um mark twain thing but <clears throat> But yeah, this is another one of those that I, you know, highly recommend. It's just, a, it's just a, like I said, a joy to watch. It's just, you know, if you if you like the the actors at all, um, you'll definitely enjoy this movie. Um, and if you and if you're a fan of Shane Black, um, then it's yeah, it's just an added bonus too. Um, so yeah, um, but yeah, because I I was I I remember when this movie first came out and. Uh, you know, again, like being a fan of, of Shane Black and Val Kilmer um, and Robert Downey Jr., but especially those two were who I was like, because Val Kilmer hadn't really made a movie in a while before this. And um, and this was, you know, Shane Black's directorial debut. And so those two, like, alone, I was like, oh, hell yeah, I've, I've got to see this. And it did not disappoint. It's everything that I wanted it to be and more. Like, it's... <laughs> 
Like, I can't say enough how much I love this movie. Like, it's just, it's, like I said, it's just one of those I, I, I could watch again, like any time. And I could put it on halfway through, just like I said, just, just to hear the dialogue and, and, and performed by Robert Downey Jr. and, and Val Kilmer. It's, it's just fantastic. So now I'm just repeating myself. So I'll, I'll go ahead and <laughs> go to you. We can move on, but. Okay. <laughs> Um, all right, my number three, I, I don't remember if we've talked about this one or not, but I, we probably have in that I think I might've listed it as a another movie somewhere which I'm not seeing oh yeah yep yeah this <laughs> so the other day we were discussing Tom Hanks and I gave my number one to you and then I went back and looked at this list and I just couldn't take it off so we'll talk about it a few more times probably uh, my number three is the green mile 8.6 on imdb came out in 1999 a tomato meter of 78 percent with an audience score of 94 percent directed by frank darabont based on a novel by stephen king with screenplay by frank darabont the film stars Tom Hanks, Michael Clark Duncan, David Morse, Bonnie Hunt, James Cromwell, Michael Jeter, Graham Greene, Doug Hutchinson, Sam Rockwell, Barry Pepper, Jeffrey DeMunn, Patricia Clarkson, Gary Sinise, and Harry Dean Stanton. Uh, well, those are both short. <laughs> the lives of guards on death row are affected by one of their charges. A black man accused of child murder and rape, yet who has a mysterious gift. So this is uh, another Frank Darabont, Stephen King movie. Um, he did... Shawshank Redemption. He did The Mist. Uh, did Shawshank Redemption first. Did The Green Mile. Yeah. The Mist. And then they went into The Walking Dead. So there's several actors who make crossovers from those movies in this movie. And this one is... Uh, an epic movie and it's actually on TV now it seems pretty often yeah um, it's over three hours long but I've never in any of the times I've watched it I don't ever, I don't ever remember thinking oh man this is three hours long yeah. um, when 
when Stephen King first wrote this, he serialized it um, online, which was a fairly new type thing in 1999. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason he did is because he was um, not upset. He was trying to avoid having people buy his book and then flip to the back and to see how it ends. So this one, he, you know, released it by chapters and, and I did read this before the movie came out. I don't remember. I mean, that's, I was in high school, so I don't remember all too. I remember enjoying it. I mean, I got through the whole thing Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't read along while he was releasing it. I read it. I think the book I had soon to be a motion picture is probably the book I had. Yeah. See, I, I did. I, re- I bought each book because it, as it came out and read them, uh, which I, I think it was, it actually was like 96, I think is when the books were released. Oh. But yeah, I remember buying them. I remember going to Walmart every, you know, and <laughs> buying the, the, you know, really Well, it said, I didn't, I don't know this because I didn't read it that way, but it said there were, you know, cliffhangers at the mm-hmm. end of each one. And often he didn't know where the story was going. Hmm. But um, a lot of great acting. Um, Doug Hutchinson is a weirdo in real life. So he plays one well here in this movie. Uh this is probably my favorite Michael Jeter role. Yeah. Just because him and the mouse. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and to see to see Sam Rockwell get his due or to see his character get his yeah. due. Yeah. And knowing what really happened around the whole situation that is a good payoff yeah and the i believe tom hanks said that he he was emotional while filming like the electric chair scene Mm -hmm. like actually really not acting but actually emotional and everybody i mean everybody else was i am when i watch it right so what do you think yeah no i mean yeah once again um pretty much in agreement um yeah it's a great movie um i i will disagree with you the only thing for me um i do think it feels long um to Mm. me personally uh the the first time i saw it and i went i actually saw this in theaters and you know loved it i mean i still still love it but anytime i've ever watched it since i've not been able to make it all the way through in one sitting it just it does to me just kind of drag um a little bit um but um but i mean not not i don't really get bored i just usually just uh, am tired of sitting for that long or you know or whatever and the movie's just not quite you know enough to you know i think it it helps It helps now because it's edited for when it's edited for TV, 
commercials and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, well, yeah. I mean, it's definitely one of those movies I will put on, like if it's on cable. Um, Cause I mean, I haven't had cable for years, but Brandy, Brandy does. And so like, if I'm over, over there, um, you know, it's one of those, uh, I'll, I'll put it on and it's something that I'll watch and, and still kind of run to the kitchen or go do stuff, you know, even not during commercials, just, you know, while it's playing and, and watch it that way. Um, but, uh, but, but either, either way, I mean, it's still a great movie. And I, and I, like I said, I don't get bored with it and I probably could if I, I've just never actually gone to sit and watch it and like, whatever, like I usually do it at, in that setting or mm-hmm. in some, um, some aspect like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it is, it is a really good movie. Um, and, uh, while it's not fair to compare, it's hard not to, it's definitely not as good. I don't think it's as great as Shawshank Redemption. Um, I think that that is the superior movie. Right. And, and so that's the one I return to more often uh, it was it was on my first set of 10 yeah 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 <laughs> i know and this um, well stephen king did say that this film is the most faithful adaption yeah. to one of his books which a because it's also yeah i mean because it's long enough that they didn't really have to cut anything out and um and yeah and also yeah it's um yeah it definitely yeah definitely covers everything that he covered in the in the story so um but yeah i mean everything is great here i mean everything you said like i said i agree with um the performances wise the characters i mean everything it it does all build up to that epic you know ending of you know um and everything um yeah i mean like i said I, i i there's nothing bad i could say about the movie everything everything is pretty much perfect like i said i just i do find it a little bit too long um but well until it came out in 2017 2017 this was the only stephen king adaptions to break the hundred million dollar mark yeah which kind of makes makes sense yeah yeah which, I mean, and that's a, I mean, that, uh, but at being three hours, that's, that's an achievement because a lot of times they have, there's less showings. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that just shows just how, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was, I remember when it was released, I mean, it was a big, um, you know, you know, big, big thing. It was one of the, you know, the big holiday movies of 99 that, you know, um, everybody was looking forward to. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with Tom Hanks. Um, as you know as the main character and then you know michael clark duncan um this i mean that's that's casting that you can't i mean i don't know i'm sure that's not who he was thinking of when he wrote the the story but i couldn't imagine anyone else playing that that role i mean that's yeah stephen king said tom hanks fit that character like an old shoe yeah See, that makes sense, but I'm talking about like the Mark Clark, Michael Clark Duncan, you know, like oh, the Mark Clark yeah. Duncan character, like they're physically or just, they're just like you. I mean, there's not too many people like him that you could even, um, you know, imagine in that role. Like, <clears throat> but yeah, Tom Hanks too. Yeah, I mean, that was that, that's what I'm saying. Like, per- that was perfect casting. Um, but uh, but even more so, Mark Clark Duncan. I mean, that was just. Like to me, he made that movie. I mean, he 
he's the reason that movie is so great. Um, and that's just, yeah, just one of those rare situations where the perfect actor just comes along and. Yeah, he his performance kind of. When when I've seen him in other roles, I think about this one. And I'm usually surprised, like. I, you know, in a good way, like I didn't know he can do that. Yeah, he's this good old boy from Alabama or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But he's, you know, smart and funny and all that other kind of stuff, too. Yeah. Or was. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. He's he's definitely one of those actors that it's a shame that he went too soon because, you know, he definitely had potential and was. I think he was just reaching it too. Like he was just starting to show just what, just how great and what he could do and just taken too soon. Right. All right. Well, all right. So my number three is one that just barely missed my list last time. And it is, pretty much strictly nostalgic um for me uh but it is uh mr destiny uh from 1990 uh with an imdb rating of 6.4 uh with a 38 percent tomato meter and a 55 percent audience score uh was directed by james Orr with a screenplay by james Orr and jim cruikshank uh stars jim belushi michael kane linda hamilton john lovitz hart Boschner, Rene Russo, J.O. Sanders, Bill McCutcheon, Mari Chaikin, and Courtney Cox. Uh, Larry Burroughs, played by Jim Belushi, is unhappy and feels powerless over his life. He believes his entire life could have turned out differently had he not missed that shot in a baseball game when he was a kid. One night, he meets this mysterious man named Mike, played by Michael Caine, who could change his fate by offering him offering him that alternative life of which he has always dreamed. But as Burroughs embarks on this journey of self-discovery, he realizes that even this new life has its problems and drawbacks. So basically the movie is kind of a twist on It's a Wonderful Life. Um, he um, Things just seem to not be going right for the Jim Belushi character. Um, and uh, like at work um, and, um, uh, you know, at, at work he's not, you know, he's, kind of disrespect he's kind of um by his boss and and whatever and um i wouldn't say he has an unhappy home life because him and his wife are are fine but he just you know they they live in a a, you know smaller house and you know he can't even get his his driveway you know paved then the the guy keeps stiffing him for money and um basically just people kind of just walk all over him and he just feels like it's all, it all stems from him, you know, not from him blowing the big game and, you know, not becoming the hero that he, you know, wishes he had been. And so, um, you know, one night his old beater car finally breaks down on him in front of this bar on his birthday and he goes to this bar and he's pouring out his heart to the bartender who's played by Michael Caine and Michael Caine starts talking to him about like, you know, in life and you know and of course Jim Belushi tells him about how he feels like his life would be differently and so Michael Caine gives him a drink and um you know kind of hints that you know 
whatever that you know things might turn out differently and so then yeah then he walks out of the bar and mysteriously all of a sudden everything's changed he goes to his house and he no longer lives there and he he finds out that now he's the president of the company that he works at he's married to the you know the boss's daughter the hot you know prom queen um and um you know but of course that comes with trouble is now he's you know in charge of this company and so all the nefarious things that are going on are now his fault and so there's a lot of you know whatever and uh, he starts to miss his wife and so he actually goes and you know tries to convince her that they used to be married and so he starts this romance um with her and that's really the best part of the movie is it's you kind of you know so you see him with linda hamilton and they actually date again you know he's he's you know he's he has to kind of make her fall back in love with him um <clears throat> And um, yeah, I, I, like I said, th this is a movie like I just, I happened to watch uh, when I was, you know, rented it when I was a kid. And for whatever reason, I really enjoyed it. Um, I like, I, you know, I, I liked Jim Belushi. Um, I knew Linda Hamilton from Terminator. And uh, for whatever reason, the story just, I liked it. I just, yeah, it just, I don't know. I can't really explain it. It's just one of those movies that, um, I've always just kind of gone back to and uh, whatever. I rewatched this just last week. And I mean, I still liked it, but I can definitely see, like, I don't think it's something that if I were to watch it now, I would find as appealing as I did when I was, you know, like 10 years old. Um, but, you know, just the fantasy and like the, the magic of the movie. Um, I don't know. I just, I really liked it. I mean, I still think it's, I still think it's a good movie. I, you know, but I, I definitely probably wouldn't have made this list if it wasn't something that I just, you know, have just watched a few, you know, every few years since I was like 10 years old. So <clears throat> have you seen this? No. Yeah. It, it reminds me uh, while you're explaining it, of course, it's a wonderful life, but it also reminds me of like the opposite of Family Man. The one with Nicholas Cage. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. in that one, he starts out as a CEO. Yeah. yeah, no, you're right. It actually, it is exactly that, just flip-flopped. Um, basically, with with the uh, with Michael Caine being the Ch Don Cheadle, you know, character. But yeah, it's exact. That's pretty much it. So yeah, like I said, I. <clears throat> It's not something I would put like high on your list to watch, but like it's definitely it's definitely an interesting movie. I, you know, like like I said, I still think it, it's a good movie. Just it's not like it's not like as great as like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang or, or some of those like whatever. It's just it's higher on my list because of the nostalgia factor, and it's just one of those movies that I've, for some reason I've always had a personal um, affection for. So. <clears throat> But it's still a fun, I think it's still a fun, entertaining movie that I think, you know, people could still enjoy, um, you know, if they watched it, it's. It, look at, looking at it and looking at some of the photos, the, the first thing that came to mind was like, this is a, a uh, Michael Keaton movie. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know why, but yeah. Yeah. Like when when his hair is like he's dressed up and his hair is actually combed, he looks 
it, he looks a little bit like Michael Keaton. Yeah. At, at that point in time. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, yeah. And I can easily Jim, see Jim Belushi's not usually. I'm. I don't think of him that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which honestly, it probably would have been a better movie if Michael Keaton was in it because I, I I like Michael Keaton significantly more than I like Jim Belushi. Um, not that I don't like Jim Belushi, I just you know, I think he has he's kind of like a one note actor. He kind of just you know does his you know Jim Belushi is just Jim Belushi. Um, he's, he's got a lot of a lot to live up to too. Yeah, yeah, and unfortunately, I don't think he quite quite does. But uh, but either way, nonetheless, like I said, I I stand by my my choice, but with with the footnote that you know. Don't you know? Don't go in expecting too much. Well, I mean, I think I'll just watch it to see Kathy Ireland. Yeah, when she's in there. Yeah, yeah, she has a, a minor role, but yeah, and and Courtney Cox, she has a she has a somewhat significant role. It's interesting to see her. She plays this crazy ex girlfriend character. And this was like what four years before friends so mm-hmm. but yeah like i said it's, it's similar to to the family guy so if you enjoy that kind of you know that kind of thing it's probably as as good as that movie you know it's not great mm-hmm. but it's you know it's entertaining and you know worth worth a watch so. anyway all right well my number two is Star Wars. Um, After the more came out, it became Star Wars A New Hope, Episode Mm 4. But um, 8.6 on IMDb. Came out in 1977. Tomato meter of 92% with an audience score of 96%. Written and directed by George Lucas. The film stars Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Peter Cushing, Alec Guinness, Anthony Daniels, Kenny Baker, Peter Mayhew, David Prowse, and James Earl Jones. Was nominated for 11 Academy Awards and won seven of them. Uh, for Best Art Direction, Best Costume Design, Best Film Editing, Best Original Score, Best Sound, Best Visual Effects, and the Special Achievement Award for Best Sound Designer. Uh, For Ben Burt, who actually was the same guy who won the award for that previous movie, um, Indiana Jones. The Imperial forces under orders from cruel Darth Vader hold Princess Leia hostage in their efforts to quell the rebellion against the Galactic Empire. Luke Skywalker and Han Solo, captain of the Millennium Falcon, work together with the 
companionable droid duo R2-D2 and C-3PO to rescue the beautiful princess, help the Rebel Alliance, and restore freedom and justice to the galaxy. <sighs> so they're... Because of this one movie, there is a whole category on Disney Plus to just Star Wars. We have 11 movies. Yeah. um, Two TV shows that have been released. Uh, several on the way. The next one, I believe, being Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, and uh, that's not to mention the animated TV shows, and you know the. Yes, I don't know how. Um, I don't know if they're like canon. I know, like in Boba Fett, there's several things that have come from those animated yeah. TV shows. I'm, I'm pretty sure Clone Wars is canon. I'm not sure about Rebels, uh, but I think I think it is too, but I'm, yeah. There, I mean, I didn't watch any of that just because of probably the timing and maybe where it came out. I don't know where it was broadcasted from. I probably don't know that much about it at all. Yeah. And I may have been at that, uh, you know, at that age of that's a cartoon. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. But it's exciting. It's exciting to see other people excited about that because of the other mediums that have produced Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Um, it's because of this movie that I have I, one of the list I have is um, top 10 sci-fi movies pre Star Wars because this changed so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because this is uh, this is space opera. Yeah. Is that how George yeah. Lucas describes it? Yeah. And it's more or, you know, more or less like Western, space opera Western. Yeah. But um, this, uh, I just just saw a video today of Mark Hamill in an interview going, you know what, I still think while we were making that first movie, George Lucas had no idea what was going to come up next. I don't think he knew we were going to be brother and sister. I don't think. Which, I mean, some, some of that stuff he did know because Vader is German for father. So, I mean, some, yeah. some of that stuff was laid out, but. And sadly, we have. Uh, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, Anthony Daniels, 
are the only on-screen people who are still alive from this original movie. Yeah. James Earl Jones is, but... But because of today's technology, um, we saw in uh, Star Wars 9, we saw Princess Leia training to be a Jedi. Yeah. With the um, age regression technology. And on Mandalorian and Boba Fett, we've seen Luke Skywalker just after um, uh, Return of the Jedi. So I don't know. What do you? I mean, I yeah, I really don't have much to add. I'm gonna I'm gonna save. A lot of what I want to say when we have our conversation for, you know, when we do the series and pick our favorite, mm -hmm. you know, um, so I don't want to, you know, give away too much or say too much. But I mean, yeah, I mean, this this is almost one of those no brainers that almost didn't even go on my list just because it's so obvious. You know what I mean? Like, it's just and I have a hard time too thinking of this as its own movie now. You know what I mean? It's just it's 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 weird to me to think of like this as its own movie when, it's, you know, there's, a, a, you know. I mean, now, like you said, there's nine, but even back when I was a kid, um, you know, the, the three were kind of, you know, joined together, you know, to me, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, and especially over the years, it's become more that way. So, um, but yeah, of course, this is where it all started. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it is, it is, a, it is a great movie in its own right, in the sense that even if there had never been any other ones, because the other ones are a lot more continuing a story where this one does wrap itself up somewhat um on its own you know with the ending with the, traditionally anyway where you know heroes come they blow up the ship they're rewarded you know they save the day whatever um and uh, and yeah and it did change the game and you know has in so many ways um not just science fiction but movies in general um really it kind of created the blockbuster and kind of you know um it's probably not not only the reason we have the star wars button but probably the reason we have the marvel you know on yeah. um disney in the sense that you know those movies are definitely a you know a uh ancestor of or vice versa whatever a, a descendant of um of, of you know of star wars and you know in the sense that this started that kind of serialized um storytelling as well so mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, this is the one where it says here, George Lucas was so sure this movie would flop that instead of attending the premiere, he went on vacation to Hawaii mm -hmm. with Steven Spielberg, where they came up with the idea for Raiders of the Lost Ark. And they came up with the idea after they found out that Star Wars become a success. Yeah. So that's very helpful to not only have an idea, but know you have some sort of credentials behind your name now yeah. to, to add more money to the, that idea. Yeah. Which I believe 
I believe that they do that. That be that started a tradition too, um, where that that you know they do that now every time um, on a premiere they go on vacation. Um, That'd be nice. Yeah, because they well they they it's a, it's, it's kind of like a, a good luck thing for them now. Like they do it like because like they think the movie you know. Uh, <clears throat> You know, or they just use that as an excuse to go on vacation. But either way, mm -hmm. but yeah, they it's become a tradition where now every time uh, when their movie premieres, they they go on vacation. I don't know if it's separately or together every time or what, but it's yeah, it's. <clears throat> I saw something where uh, Spielberg said that one time. Where <clears throat> have you watched um, Book of Boba Fett yet? I have not. Okay, there's some pretty cool callbacks to this movie and that yeah that i'll leave for you to see on your own yeah yeah i'll, I'll be doing that somewhat soon i'm sure <laughs> but uh well that's all i've got for that that one for now right yeah <laughs> fair enough me too so yeah i'll go ahead and <clears throat> move along here so my number two is out of sight from 1998 with an imdb rating of 7.0 a 93 percent tomato meter a 74 percent audience score uh, directed by steven soderbergh with a screenplay by scott frank based on the novel by elmore leonard uh, it stars george clooney jennifer lopez ving rames steve zahn don Cheadle, katherine keener dennis farina albert brooks Louis Guzman, Isaiah Washington, and cameos by Samuel L. Jackson and Michael Keaton. And Keaton reprises his character from Jackie Brown, which was also based on an Elmore Leonard novel. Uh, a career bank robber uh, busts out of jail uh, with the help of his buddy. Uh, the bank robber is George Clooney, the buddy's played by Ving Rames, and they kidnap a U.S. Marshal played by Jennifer Lopez in the process. When the two cons head for Detroit to pull off their final big scam, the marshal is put on their case, but she finds she is attracted to one of them and has second thoughts about bringing them in. Um, so this is a movie that uh, kind of like you with the room, I uh, is on my list almost as much for the book as the movie. Uh, I am a huge Elmore Leonard fan. Um, I love his, he writes these kind of crime noirish kind of novels um like i said jackie chan was based on or jackie chan jackie brown was based on one of his books uh, he also wrote get shorty uh the book get shorty was based on and that's that's where i was introduced to him i saw the movie get shorty and i'd heard the name elmore leonard before but had no it wasn't really because he'd made other he'd written books for other movies but nothing as big as that um and so i read that book and loved it and so then i went on to read and so i'd actually i'd read out of sight before this movie and i'd read jackie brown or rum punch which is the book jackie brown is based on and several other of his books and this is by far the most faithful and best movie version of of his books um because it gets everything the the style the humor the everything about it um and that's let's say jackie brown is great it's just it's a it's definitely a quentin tarantino movie not an Elmore Leonard movie, and that's fine. It's you know, I love that movie too, but anyway, um, but yeah, so, um, 
so yeah, I went to this movie highly anticipating it, and it again did. I was not let down. It uh, it even uh, because the book is told chronologically. It tells you know the events straightforward. Whereas this movie cuts it up a little bit, somewhat like Pulp Fiction, where you know you see one thing and then it, it backtracks to another timeline, and then we return to the present, and then it shows a little more. Um, from before and then um, so it plays around with time a little bit that kind of it tells the same story like it's pretty faithful to the book but in doing that gives it an even more uh you know just a different feel um than, than the book um but yeah so basically george clooney is a bank robber he gets caught um and um he goes to jail where he meets the albert brooks character um who was a banker and is like a millionaire um and or a billionaire and he has these diamonds and so then when they get out of jail um george clooney um gets involved with uh some people that they were in jail with the steve zahn character and the don cheeto character were both also in jail with them and um so the four of them have this heist planned um in detroit the prisons in florida um and so they uh <clears throat> steve zahn and the don cheeto character are already out at this point and um george clooney still has several years to go so he breaks out with the help of uh being rains and with bad luck uh the jennifer lopez character who is there to just visit a different prisoner sees them escape and so they have to kidnap her and so he sticks her in the trunk and so george clooney and jennifer lopez are in the trunk and that scene alone is kind of a classic film scene um where they kind of they start talking about movies and um they just you know she, she you know she kind of starts to fall for him and you know him him for her um and then so then you know she gets involved in the case but also at the same time is kind of falling for the george clooney character um so um but yeah this is another one of those where the, the plot doesn't really matter um because the heist is kind of its own thing it's more about the characters and you know this relationship between jennifer lopez and george clooney um and uh the speaking of the the, the lopez is karen cisco and clooney's jack foley are, were ranked number four on movie phones the top 25 sexiest movie couples in 2008 and um this movie is actually listed as one of george clooney's favorite films on his resume he said it was the first time where i had a say and it was the first good screenplay i'd read where i just went that's it even though it didn't do very well box office wise we sort of tanked it was a really good film and the character of jack fully appealed to george clooney because as a boy his heroes in crime films were always the bank robbers he liked the cagneys and the bogarts and steve mcqueen the guys who were kind of bad who you rooted for and when I read this, I thought this guy is robbing a bank, but you really want him to get away with it. So, um, and in November 2008, Entertainment Weekly magazine ranked this movie as number one in their list of sexiest movies ever. Um, have you have you seen this? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I mean fair enough. I mean it tanked at the box office, so I mean you're not you're not alone. I feel like. <clears throat> the the title out of sight i feel like i've seen that quite a bit 
when researching for other things. Yeah. Um, I do know that the bit of trivia about Michael Keaton, I knew that from Jackie Brown. Yeah. Like, like it's one of the few times where the same actor reprised the role for a different director or something. Yeah, yeah. One of those really kind of like father-son hitting back-to-back home runs, something that's never going to happen again. Yeah. Type of things. Yeah, I guess unless it's the Marvel universe, but yeah, 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 that's kind of a different monster. You know, that's those are all purposely interconnected. But yeah, yeah, this this is one I definitely highly recommend. And like I said, it's 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 definitely my you know favorite kind of movie. So I mean, it's. which is why it's number two on my list, but yeah. But yeah just, and also like, I, I mean, I've liked George Clooney for since I, you know, remember seeing him. Um, but, uh, but yeah, th- this was the first movie role where, uh, you know, where he really, you know, comes across as like his super charming, like kind of the, the, the George Clooney persona that we kind of know of, you know, um, is, is really, you know, starts with this movie. And he's kind of been playing a version of that, um, you know, ever since. So, but yeah, like I said, I mean, it's got so many, and you know, and, and Don Cheadle, this was before, um, you know, like there's a lot of like actors here before they were, you know, big, um, you know, Louis Gussman um, and, uh, you know, Steve Zahn. I think this was the first movie I saw Steve Zahn in. Um, and he's yeah, I mean he's he's he he's kind of the comic relief um, here, uh, but yeah, he also got Catherine Keener, um, yeah. So I mean, it's a lot of good actors playing, you know, their you know perfect roles. Um, <laughs> yeah, it just adds, adds up to me into a yeah, pretty great movie. So all right, we're ready for number ones. Yep. All right. My number one is The Wizard of Oz. And 8.0 on IMDb came out in 1939. A tomato meter of 98% with an audience score of 89%. Officially directed by Victor Fleming with uncredited directing work from George Cooker, Marvin Leroy, Norman Turog, Richard Thorpe, and King Vidor. Based on a story by L. Frank Baum with screenplay written by Noel Langley, Florence Ryerson, and Edgar Allan Wolfe. Uh, film stars Judy Garland. Frank Morgan, Ray Bolger, Burt Lahr, Jack Haley, uh, Billy Burke, Margaret Hamilton, Charlie Grapewin, and Clara Blandick. A recent study claims uh, that this is the most watched movie in film history. It won the Academy Award 
for best music original score, best music original song for Over the Rainbow, and Judy Garland won the Academy Juvenile Award. <clears throat> when a tornado rips through Kansas, Dorothy Gale and her dog Toto are whisked away in their house to the magical land of Oz. They follow the yellow brick road toward the Emerald City to meet the wizard, and on the way they meet a scarecrow who wants a brain, a tin man who wants a heart, and a cowardly lion who wants courage. The wizard asks them to bring him the Wicked Witch of the West's broom to earn his help. Yeah, there is so much trivia and uh, backstory and conspiracy theories around this <laughs> around this film. Um, I have it as number one here because we had we had this cassette. And it's it was one of those. Um, I think the best way for me to describe it is the plastic thing, kind of like the from the vault, the Disney vault, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. cassette holders. Yeah. And this is the movie. It you know coming out in 1939. The only way. Just a second. Right. Coming out in 1939, the only way to really have a chance to watch this film is something I think they did starting in the 50s or maybe the 40s where, you know, they would show the film on TV like once a year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's probably because of that, that that study says this is the most watched film of all time. Yeah on top of it being on ever is this the one is this on the 1001 movies you need to see before you die oh yeah oh yeah okay all right yeah and real quick uh yeah because i mean i remember watching this with my family like every year or not maybe not every year but it definitely was an event like when we you know when it was coming on we would you know we would watch it um several there were several years uh like i said i can't state with 100% accuracy that we did it every year and how many years we did it. But I do remember like it was an event when I was, when I was a kid to you know, at least a few years, you know, when I was younger, we, we did that. Mm -hmm. I think that might've even been the first time I watched it was in, in one of those cases on, on TV, probably. Mm -hmm. Sorry, go ahead. And I, uh, let's see. 39 i think in um 2019 there was an 80 year collector's edition or something like that i had i think i don't know if i had that one i did have one maybe at the 75 year i had one at one point in time that had all of the extras and all of the little vignettes and documentaries and all that kind of yeah. stuff and 
you know, this is the 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 film took so long to make that you can watch it and see Dorothy's hair get shorter and longer <laughs> as yeah. they go. Um, this is where her a lot of her personal problems started with pills and stuff like that because yeah. she had the they gave her uppers to be able to perform and then they had to give her downers so she can sleep and um the tin man Uh, Tin Man Jack Haley was not the original actor. Um, I don't I don't know his name, but the original actor had a reaction to the silver paint. Yeah, and they had, you know, they had promised that they would wait, and then they didn't, and he found out. <laughs> yeah, they well basically it's like well you have to come back to work, and he was on like home. The doctor, a bed rest or whatever, and he yeah. couldn't he couldn't do anything about it. So there's there's a lot of <laughs> negative stuff around this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, I if you noticed, I named off half a dozen directors that didn't have credit. Yeah, there's a new director often. Um, when it when it was first came out that the film was being made, Margaret Hamilton was excited. She wanted to have a role, and she found out that the um, her agent said, "Well, you're being offered a role." She's like, "Oh, which part?" <laughs> like, well, the witch, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you seen Judy? I have. Yeah. So yeah. that's a that's a pretty sad movie. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. details her last few months or a couple of years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's good though. Yeah, really good. Great performance. Great performance from Renee Zellweger. Mm-hmm. And another, like, the reason I have this one at number one is for the fact that it came out in 1939 and it has the effects that it has. You know, kind of like when we were talking about Kubo and the Two Strings. It's it's amazing that the stop motion is stop motion while watching the film. It's amazing that everything, everything in this movie as you're watching it was filmed on a set. Every single thing was filmed on a set somewhere, which isn't abnormal for that point in time, but it's pretty amazing while you're watching this movie. Yeah. And some of it you can pick out, some of it you can't, and some of it is just amazing. And I love the like the change from sepia to color mm-hmm. when she walks out of the house. That like the person who opened the door wasn't Judy Garland. That was someone else mm-hmm. in her outfit that opened the door, walked off out of the line of the camera, and then she walked out in color. And 
I don't know. There, I mean, there's several. The tornado that they made mm -hmm. that was like a 20 foot piece of pantyhose or something that <laughs> that they made a tornado out of. It's just yeah. amazing when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a pretty good word for the whole movie. Is really, it's a, it's amazing. I mean, everything mm -hmm. about it is, it's yeah, it's a great, it's a masterpiece for sure. Um, yeah, this is one of those that really only made my list only because it was mainly so again so obvious. You know, it's just it's, yeah, it's just one of those movies that you know everybody loves. Um, and so I guess it just in my head, I didn't even think to put it on my list. Um, and yeah, when, when you told me it was your number one, I did, you know, I did one of those, like, you know, the kind of things where it was like, how did I not, how did I not think about that? Um, but yeah, cause I mean, yeah, this is, like I said, I, I remember watching this movie as a family several times, um, you know, um, and, you know, I remember and my mom telling me about how, you know, that, yeah, that she loved it when she was a kid and, you know, and. You know, it's yeah, it's and yeah, I, I agree. I you know, I, I I've watched it several times over the years, and I yeah, and I'm still amazed at you know the effects and just how how perfect looking the movie is. I mean, you know, I mean, of course they they could remake it today, and they've done you know they like Sam Raimi did that Oz, the great powerful version, which you know technically looked better, but I don't think it actually does look better. I would prefer, you know I'd much prefer. Um, this movie to that because yeah it's just <clears throat> there's just something about it that's just it's magical and <clears throat> and yeah you, you know there there are certain things you can see and you can tell um that it's a fake you know that it's the painting or whatever and not you know it's not the wide scope but then there are some scenes where it's like it does just look like a wide you know world of whatever you know it's mm -hmm. you know and yeah it's <clears throat> Yeah, and it's another one where like every scene is just perfect. Like it's got so many memorable scenes and moments, and it's just yeah, yeah. I mean, we could probably t spend hours just talking about this movie because, like I said, yeah. between our stories about it and the stories of making it <laughs> and everything, I mean, it's yeah. just yeah, it's <clears throat> well, and it's I, I want to say maybe ten years ago. It's now like not the movie, not the movie, but you'll know what I'm talking about. There's two guys arguing about the movie, hmm. and that's a meme and a gif and mm -hmm. audio that you hear. Uh, you could hear once a day if you were active enough. Yeah. Where it's she wore a crown and come down in a bubble, Doug. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and that's we would not have that if we did not have the wizard of oz <laughs> yeah which yeah. is yeah. special in itself in its little yeah. own way yeah <laughs> yeah and it's well yeah i mean and you think we take for granted you know the characters of the scarecrow and all that stuff but i mean you know because they've always been around for us but i mean they're i mean just they, yeah just everything about this movie is just perfect like um like again, I don't know how well that other actor would have done um, playing the Tin Man, but I mean that whoever played them, that was you know that's perfect. The lion and um, 
and, and Scarecrow, uh, you know, are, mm -hmm. are characters that, you know, are forever just, you know, unforgettable. Like, um, <clears throat> yeah, well, in fact, they changed because of that, they changed the, um, Um, like the overall look, like, you know, like he couldn't hardly, the original guy couldn't walk or what, or something, something yeah. was wrong and they tweaked it enough with the new guy. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not sure how long it took to make. I'm sure it took years. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, or at least a year or whatever yeah i don't know the exact time either but um i know it was a while um especially if you include like not just the filming but the you know even the pre-filming process and stuff i know it was i know it was at least if, if you're including that i know it was a, at least two or three years in the making um as far as that but but yeah and then of course they went through you know it's it's one of those movies that you know usually you hear about troubled movies and you assume like oh it's a bad movie but yeah this is one of those where like it seems like the trouble was in order to make the movie as perfect as it is uh you know going through all those directors and, and whatnot um because because yeah i know uh and 1939 was also a great year for movies because uh, uh, victor fleming who ended up getting credit for this like he also made gone with the wind and was filming that at the same time and that's why they, you know, because I think it was for the same studio or or whatever, and um, or it was it was both M and Jam, so they would have him come over, um, and, and help out on this. But yeah, it, so yeah, so now Victor Fleming is technically responsible for two of the greatest movies, you know, tech, supposedly the two of the greatest movies ever made, Gone with the Wind, and. Uh, Wizard of Oz. So, you got anything else? No, I'm ready to talk about the next one. All right. Well, mine kind of leads in from that. It's it's, it's mm -hmm. definitely a descendant um, of that one, if you will. And my number one is The Princess Bride, uh, which came out in 1987. Uh, it's kind of our generation's The Wizard of Oz, if you will. Um, with an IMDb rating of 8.1, uh, 97% tomato meter, 94% audience score, uh, directed by Rob Reiner, the screenplay by William Goldwyn, uh, based, or Goldman, sorry, based on his novel, uh, stars Carrie Elwes, Mandy Patinkin, Robin Wright, Chris Sarandon, Christopher Guest, Wallace Shawn, Andre the Giant, Fred Savage, Peter Falk, Peter Cook, Mel Smith, and Billy Crystal and Carol Kane. That is quite long. I'm just gonna assume most people are probably familiar with this, so I'm just gonna give the short version. Uh, while homesick in bed, a young boy's grandfather reads him the story of a farm boy turned pirate who encounters numerous obstacles, enemies, and allies in his quest to be reunited with his true love. Um, which that pretty much sums it up and really you can't you can't really put this movie into words anyways um because yeah i could go into detail like it does with the what the story is because there's a lot of complications in the story but um and that's what that's what makes the movie so great it's like you can't really sum up what this movie is 
um because it's an action movie it's a romance it's a comedy it's a drama it's a fantasy um and i'm I'm sure i'm missing some but um but yeah it's um Uh, yeah, I mean, this is another one of those I, I remember seeing when I was when I was young and just being blown away by and and I I remember specifically renting this. My, my dad actually went and rented this movie and brought it home and told me what it was called. And I was I, was, I basically reacted like the boy <laughs> in in the movie. I, I, I swear to God, like because I, I was like, oh, Princess Bride. I was like, no, I was like, I don't want to watch, you know this movie like you know and i was used to my sister you know because i grew up with two younger sisters and so i was used to you know having to watch these kind of movies um you know because of that and so yeah i just assumed this oh here we go like and and yeah and he insisted like no it's you know you'll like it it's not what you think it is and um and yeah he was he was right it definitely was not um and this is another one of those movies that is, you know, uh, super quotable, you know, referenced, um, you know, and, you know, it's got so many, you know, so many different scenes and, and lines and characters. And I mean, yeah, there's probably at least 20 lines from this movie that are quoted, um, you know, whether it's the, you know, my name is Miyago Antoya, you killed my father, prepare to die, to inconceivable, to marriage to you know uh you know um on and on like i said Any, anybody want a peanut <laughs> yeah <laughs> or or of course uh you know uh the the main one the um as you wish um <clears throat> you know but uh <clears throat> but yeah and there's so many so many great actors in this um uh, you know mandy patinkin and carrie elwes and um, you know, Robin Wright that, you know, this is the first movie that, that I remember them from. Um, and of course they've all gone on to, you know, you know, fame and, and great fame and much other, in other areas, um, on, you know, with Mandy Patinkin on television and, um, you know, Carrie Elwes of course went on to spoof Robin Hood and Robin Hood Men in Tights and, you know, he was in Saw and many other things, but, um, <clears throat> But yeah, I guess uh, this this was almost all of the cast members. This is like the favorite movie they've ever done, and the one that they get approached by people of. And and Mandy Patinkin says he gets quoted at least twice a day by somebody. You know, quoted the you know the my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepared to die, and he he loves it. Um, there was actually um, a video uh, like a year or so ago where a fan. I can't remember exactly. Um, a fan made a video where her mom, I think, died of cancer or whatever, and Princess Bride was their favorite movie. And she did. It might have been before TikTok. She either did a TikTok or a, or a YouTube video about it. And Mandy Patinkin's son, there's a video of Mandy Patinkin's son showing Mandy Patinkin and his wife the video and then them reacting to it. And he actually cries and talks about how, like, his father actually died of cancer and when he was filming the final confrontation where he says that line, he, in his mind, to get to the emotional state, he said, you know, he was basically confronting cancer 
um, he, you know, um, with that line and that's what helped him, you know, uh, with that performance and, and whatever is, have you, have you seen that video that I'm talking about where with Manny Patinkin and I don't, I'm not sure. I do. I do see his TikToks often and his son runs their TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. It's them. Like his son will walk up with the camera rolling and be like, all right, Let's yeah. do this. <laughs> That's basically what this is, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's it. it uh, the only reason I say it, it's YouTube because it's an ex, it's a pretty long mm-hmm. um, video. So I think it's YouTube, not TikTok. But either way, it's it, it is that similar thing though, where the son walks up and be like, "Hey, show this." And they have no idea what they're you know. It, it, it's kind of mm-hmm. like that though because he just brings it on them, no idea, and then it's a, it, you know seemingly genuine anyway, uh, or seemingly spontaneous anyway. Um, and uh, yeah, so yeah, you should you should check it out. It's it's a moving powerful thing all its own but um yeah i think mandy patinkin is probably one of my favorite human beings mm-hmm. because there's also a a video of him where he was on like a um like a local news thing being interviewed and one of the there was, you know, two anchors there, like on the couches interviewing him. And one of them got a phone call. He's like, oh, I got to go. And he leaves. And the lady's like, oh, yeah, his wife's going into labor. And Manda Batinkin was so excited and genuinely excited. And I'm like, that is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I love Mandy Batinkin. Like, I, and I've, I've grown to love him more and more over the years. Um, in fact, I, I saw him at, like, cause I, I, I knew him from this and then had seen him in other things, but didn't realize that it was the same yeah. guy because he looks so different than, I mean, even, even back then he looked so different than that character. Um, but especially like over the years, his older version of himself looks so much different, um, than that, that, yeah, I, I, it, you know, there's, I, I saw him a couple of times before I realized that it was the same guy um but yeah and even then i have just come to grow like me more like i don't know have you ever seen the show homeland that he's in with um mm-hmm. with what's her name um claire danes no that's a, really good, that's a really good show i watched his other show quite a bit criminal minds yeah yeah see i i never get got into that one as much i mean i've seen it and i enjoyed it for a there's so many episodes yeah um of it that um and i just don't get into too much of those cop serialized cop crime shows but um yeah the the other actor though the guy from darman greg he's he's not like he's probably the opposite of mandy Petinkin as a human being <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not a fan of him although joe montagna or joe montagna yeah. or however you pronounce it, i do like him quite a bit and so i mean i probably would watch that show um I think it's coming back. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, which I and maybe with Mandy Patinkin, I'm not positive or Joe Montana. One of the like one of those two, I think, is coming is coming back, or there was talking about them coming back or something. But but anyway, this uh Princess Bride, of course, is included among the thousand and one movies you must see before you die. Um and uh William Goldman actually the 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 story was inspired by and written for his two daughters. Um and um 
he uh so he had a you know a special affection for the story of course um but by the time the movie was filmed he'd spent so much time going you know uh the you know the movie spent so much time in development hell um that by the time the movie was finally going to be made like he was kind of done with it and didn't really necessarily uh want it to be you know but it was actually rob reiner's favorite book um and so he convinced william goldman to let him make it and convinced him that he knew how to do it and was gonna you know do it justice um and of course it did turn out to be the the classic that is today but, but yeah before rob reiner um france france was francois truffaut um was considered was was uh, one of the ones tried to bring it to the screen, Robert Redford, uh, Norman Jewison, and Richard Lester uh, were all, all at one point attempted to bring it to the screen. Um, but yeah, I think this is one of those where just, this is another one of those where everything just came together perfectly. Like the cast, um, the, you know, the director like Rob Reiner, like he's, he's, he wouldn't be the first person I would have thought, especially back then to do this. Um, you know, because he had just done this as Spinal Tap. So I'm sure that's, you know, you don't really think like that's. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously he was the perfect choice. He brought just the right amount of humor and, you know, lightness to the story as well as, but as well as respecting it and taking it serious. Um, but I guess the movie uh, was originally going to star Arnold Schwarzenegger um, in the Andre the Giant role um but that was back you know early 80s late 70s early 80s and then of course our Schwarzenegger blew up and was a big star and so they couldn't even afford him by the time um he came along and either William Goldman or Rob Reiner wanted Under the Giant in the first place um and so they were actually relieved and, and you know that they got to cast Under the Giant who they wanted in anyway so um <clears throat> But yeah, I mean, this is another one that's not quite as much as Wizard of Oz, but this is another one that has quite a bit of, you know, facts and, and trivia to it. Um, so I just kind of try to limit it to those those few um, few things, but. Well, they did, I was looking, I, I can't find it. They did a, like a table read um for covid or for D &D I was gonna say, and yeah like different actors playing you know well some some of the same because it pissed off ted cruz because this is his favorite movie and it pissed him off because the donations went towards something progressive <laughs> or or liberal and yeah yeah i remember that yeah <laughs> like they don't want to be associated with you anyway, so don't worry yeah. about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which this is on, if you ask um, any um, ultra churchy type people, this is on top of all of their list, too. Because yeah, it's, well, yeah, pre it's pretty wholesome. And... Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, yeah, it is, it is. There's like very little swearing and yeah, I mean, there really is nothing offensive about it. It's good, wholesome uh, movie. Of course, I've I've also watched this with with my boys, and you know, 
and yeah sure enough they love it too like yeah it's yeah and this is also in the like um uh, like the wizard of oz with that argument with his buddy doug there's um Fred Savage reprised his role as the grandson with Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, for that re-release of Deadpool 2 or whatever, that Once Upon a Deadpool or whatever it is, yeah. And I don't know if this is part of it, but he was um, talking smack about Nickelback. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and Deadpool gave him the what for like they're not that bad <laughs> yeah yeah I think that is the same yeah but yeah I'm surprised the, you know this movie hasn't come up sooner um, yeah because yeah this is definitely definitely one of my favorite movies of all time um and yeah, I mean, this, this is also one of those that, that everybody loves. Um, that you know, you you never find anybody that doesn't like this movie. It's so many people, you know, reference this movie just in 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 my daily life. Just you know, I've had people who will you know reference this movie or you know bring up this movie. What's it's interesting. I'm looking at. Rob Reiner's filmography and there's several movies from in the 2000s that kind of fit in with you know Princess Bride Harry Met Sally you know rumor has it the bucket list yeah but people just didn't want that at that time (laughs) if they were if they were released in the 90s or the late 80s they've probably done very well yeah 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 which i like most of his movies i like you know um the rumor has it and bucket list and <clears throat> but yeah it's also interesting like because he he does have a um like in between there, you know, like he in the in the nineties, he has like you know he did uh, Misery and um, you know a few Good Men and um, Ghost of Mississippi. Yeah, Ghost of Mississippi. So like more serious um, stuff and did it well. Yeah, but yeah, I think. Me personally, I think this is his best movie. This is probably my favorite Rob Reiner movie, but but yeah, I mean he's made he's made a lot of a lot of great movies. I mean, I don't I don't like this is Spinal Tap as much as some people. Like I don't think it's you know to some it's like one of the funniest, greatest comedies ever made. I don't personally don't find it to be that, but <clears throat> I don't think I've ever sat down and watched the whole thing. Oh, I mean, it's personally. It's, yeah, I mean, it's definitely worth seeing, and it's funny. Um, but uh, I haven't, I haven't seen most of those, like that. A mighty wind, the dog show one. Yeah, I Destin's show. 
I haven't seen most of those. Yeah. Those are good too. I like I like those quite a bit with Eugene Levy and mm -hmm. um whatever. Yeah, those are those are pretty good. I like those better than Mrs. Spinal Tap, even, but and maybe it's just a generational thing because I think you know this is Spinal Tap came out in 84. I was like three years old, you know what I mean? And so it's just, mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's just one of those it's a little before my time, but um, like I said, I, I enjoy it, but I just don't find it to be as great as this, you know, um, or, or even close. So, but, uh, but anyway, the reason I brought it up is I would say those, those two though, are probably the two movies that most people, you know, would, are, are his main classic movies that he'll probably, you know, he's probably best known for and most beloved for is Mrs. Spinal Tap and, and The Princess Bride. But yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got. So you want to do a rundown? Yep. All right. So my number one was the Princess Bride. Number two, out of sight. Number three, Mr. Destiny. Number four, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Number five, The Negotiator. Number six, Adaptation. Number seven, A Night in Casablanca. Number eight, Tequila Sunrise. Number nine, Charade. And number 10, Short Circuit. All right. My number one, Wizard of Oz. My number two, Star Wars, A New Hope. Number three, The Green Mile. Number four, American History X. Number five, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Number six, Rome. Number seven, The Goonies. Number eight, Kubo and the Two Strings. Number nine, The Never Ending Story. And number 10, Mr. Holland's Opus. Nice. Yeah, those are some good movies. Yep. I, I think all 20 are solid. Mm -hmm.